Craft Beer Radio episode 152 on Tuesday, January 12th, 2010. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio. Look for us at 12.05, replacing Conan on NBC. That's right. So, welcome to our show where we are doing Two Brothers Brewing Company. Yes, we're a brewery spotlight, if you will. Uh, during the Christmas break, where I didn't have to work, I took a trip out to Vintage Estate, which is, I think is in Youngstown, Ohio. It's definitely in Ohio. I think it's close to Youngstown. It is the number one rated number two rated beer store on rape beer all right the number one american beer store on rape beer wow you have certain expectations when you walk into the thing that's gonna be this huge monster like sam's club warehouse of beer it's not <laughs> huge but i mean they have a hell of a selection right, right? how much different is it than a place like d's or Just a place like chevy chase yeah yeah not much i mean chevy chase looks like it has more beer actually i forgot all about chevy chase but yeah so, I mean, it, it's very subjective, but you're not going to be disappointed going there. Prices were definitely cheaper than on this side of the state line. I don't know how I got them back here in Pennsylvania. I, I didn't bring beer back from Ohio. I didn't break the law. No, you just teleported them, and, and teleportation is... Well, I still have to pay tax to the uh, Pennsylvania authorities if I did that. And the Johnstown flood tax. Exactly. Yeah, okay. So, uh, I didn't buy these in Ohio. We're doing, the, we're doing this show in... I saw these at the Vintage Estates. That's it. Yeah, and we're just um, going to do these from memory. Yeah, we drank them on the other <laughs> side of the state line. Or so, no, that's it. We're recording in Ohio tonight. Right. I, I declared we're my prop. We're going to compound some of the lies of the show that is coming. I, I, to, I seceded from you're Pennsylvania. By zero, eventually. I'm ceding my property from Pennsylvania for the show. Okay, we're we're in Bearville. So, Two Brothers Brewing Company is from Warrenvale, Illinois, and they are. They haven't been around for that long, according to their website. Now they're. I mean, they're not brand new, but. 1997 is when they you know started. Okay, they're definitely older than I thought they were. Then I thought they were younger than that. First time we met these guys, we met them at Saver the first year. You may remember you interviewed them, I believe. I haven't had any of the beers since. I don't remember the beers from Saver because it was a beer fest and lots of stuff going on. So we have four of the beers tonight, and the first one I'm gonna do is the the Domaine du Page French style country ale. And I thought this was interesting on the label. It doesn't say Two Brothers Brewing Company. Oh, actually, it does down at the very bottom. But it says Brasserie de Du Frères. So I'm curious if they have a, a doing business as for the French name. This won a bronze medal in the 2007 Great American Beer Fest. French Country Ale. Now, it's interesting here. This is, this is different because I have my computer here way up, ready to get any information I can. Yet the information is not on their website. But the information's on their bottles. It is. They have all the goodies on their bottles, which is pretty cool. So here, Greg, I'll hand you the bottle, and you can enlighten us. So, the main depage, 16.9 degrees Play-Doh, 24 IBUs, 5.9% alcohol by volume. About one and a half standard drinks color on this puppy is uh, an orange red um very very tea like I, I when i heard french style country i was expecting something a lot more golden like a beer de garde you know that's kind of what i was expecting right. and i haven't seen beer de gardes that i've seen are typically 
golden and clear. This one is very clear, but it is an amber color. Poured with a relatively small head. Mine just has a little bit of lacing around the edges. Do you know you got the same thing in your glass there? These were some pretty, I mean, these are prices on 12-ounce beers that you don't see in Pennsylvania. That's true. $1.69 for this beer. We talked about it before for people that might not know, but you don't see a 12-ounce beer, 12-ounce craft beer at a, at a, a takeout singles place for less than three fifty, three seventy-five. Right. Typically, they're four, four twenty-five for the the cheap ones, the mainstream, you know, flagship type beers. I'm trying to detect. Not getting a ton of aroma on this. It's it, there's not much head, and it's not evaporating much into the aroma. There's a vaguely um, alfalfa-ish kind of smell, sort of something reminiscent of of a barn door type mustiness. Okay. You know, all your hay and alfalfa is in the barn. You can kind of smell right, a little right. bit from over from over where you are. Yeah, I'm getting a little maltiness, a little bit of a, a sweet caramel, or a, like a lightly roasted or lightly toasted malt. Toasted would be more accurate than roasted. So why is toasted more accurate than roasted? It's interesting. Okay. Interesting thing you say. Let's, so, let's delve into this. Sure. So when I... And generally, roasted is my natural term. But when I think about it more, when you think of roasted malts, they're dry roasted. And they're more um, burnt type. You know, you think of porters, stouts, you know, roasted malts. Where a toasted malt is a, is a much is less... Coffee is an example. Yeah. It gets really dark when you roast it. Yeah, and toasted is a much lesser degree, right? It could be dry. It could be uh, in a moist environment. It won't typically be wet because that would be more of a caramel malt. But, you know, something of a Munich, a Vienna, you know, where I would call those more toasty than roasty. Perfect example. Even though here. I would say that um, I'm using toasty as a more specific. Toast is within the roast family. It's like a sm- small amount of roast, right? Yeah. It, well, I mean, it, it's all based on how much heat and for how long, right? Mm-hmm, right. Uh, but, yeah, so toast, you think of, obviously, you think of toast. Bread that's been heated to a point where part it partially caramelizes the top without getting burned without getting turned right. into carbon mm-hmm. whereas there's some burning going on when you're doing a, a, a more hardcore roast right that's exactly what i meant so i'd agree with you with the toasty aspects of caramel yeah i mean yes and it's no. mostly toasty yeah. there's a little sweetness there but not much mostly toasty there's a bit of a of a spicy hop at the back palate that kind of cleans up a bit, which is nice. Mm-hmm. And not a lot of carbonation on this one. No, it's it's really lowly carbonated. I think it works pretty well. It doesn't taste still or flat. I'd be curious to see if this is intended or if the bottle just didn't seal tight. Um, I think this is probably intended. I mean, it doesn't taste like a defect at all. You know, no, it doesn't. Ta- it doesn't have uh, any flavor defects. Like I said, there, there's a bit of that sort of musty, farmy aroma that we used to classify as things a little bit further down the line, like horse blanket and. It, it's n- but it's nowhere near that. It's just it's it's a little bit of of a must. Yeah, it's it's just a slight, slightest bit Barney. You know, this side of, of right. you know, sanitary laboratory, you know. Don't let your mind wander too far into the barnyard. 
I like it. It's nice and refreshing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't really detect the alcohol. At slightly under six, it's kind of high in alcohol for you know wouldn't wouldn't really call it a session beer. Wouldn't it certainly wouldn't call it a session right. beer. It wouldn't yeah. really um, consider having more than one or two of these. I'm trying to I'm trying to put my head around this a little bit more with those toasty malts. You know, it has a lot of the the base malts you expect in something like an alt beer or an Oktoberfest or a Vienna lager or something like that. And there's a little bit of that going on, but the Belgian yeast really makes it a, a significantly different beer. And where it's different, it's 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 more floral. There's more. It doesn't taste flowery or fruity, but there's more overall floral impression to the beer than you think of when you compare. If you were comparing it to an alt beer, I, I or agree. Vienna. There's there's very there's a an almost kind of rose yeah. flavor uh, in it that really permeates the outside of of your tongue especially and that combined with the toastiness gives Mm -hmm. it its its sort of unique kind of flavor dig it all right so let's let's go on to beer number two the bitter end we do have another beer named the bitter end don't we (laughs) yeah i do uh east end brewing the the small beer that they make off their barley wine is called the bitter end uh, I didn't realize that there was two beers named the Bitter End. So, I guess you really don't have to have a unique name for your beer, right? Because remember the Salvations, the, the in the litigation collaboration right, that they right. did. So, it, it's not unheard of to have um, overlapping beer names. Is this won the United States Beer Tasting Championship Best Pale Ale in the Midwest. <laughs> It seems to be, you know, you're scaling down your options pretty Yeah, it's, it's like you're, okay, those, those <laughs> I, I don't want to be, you know, mean or anything, but when you say the best mid, best pillow in the Midwest, it's almost like, well, those West Coast guys are too hard to beat, so let's not, let's exclude those for this competition. Well, first of all, it's the United States Beer Days Championship, so yeah. it's only beer, it's only United States. Well, the USBDC is, is a, it's a fest they have every year so no i'm not i'm not, I'm not saying anything against mm-hmm. the 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 u.s BTCs. it's no different than the great american beer no fest, i'm just saying so. that it's clearly united states mm-hmm. and then it's best pale ale so it's down to you know pale ales and then it's midwest right. so it's like they've they've really kind of singled down uh you know it i mean it, it's a laurel sure it's something to hang on on your mm-hmm. to, to point out but it's it's not exactly we won the oh, gold. The beer smells pretty good, so I'm not going <laughs> to knock them just because how they quantify their awards. The beer smells pretty good. It it's big, hoppy. Yeah, it does. Um, they call it a classic American pale ale. It smells almost double IPA ish, mm. but I guess that would depend on the alcohol. There's what a, do we have in terms of alcohol? Slightly lighter than the last one. This one's 5.2, 30 IBUs, and it's original only gravity. Only 30 IBUs. Well, you know, if they went heavy on the hop flavor and aroma, it wouldn't necessarily that's be That's true, that's true. Uh, 13.5 Play-Doh's original gravity. So. Got some marketing speak on the label there. I don't know if it says anything of value. There's some on the back, too. Uh, it's the same thing they have on the back of every bottle, or at least the, the first two I've seen. Mm. Um, let's see if I can... I'm going to extract all the words that are not uh, articles or... Uh, <laughs> Of marketing speak, this American Pale Ale, three <laughs> American hop varieties, beer. <laughs> there you go. 
<laughs> That's Greg's censored non-marketing speak version of probably 40 words, 50 words on the label there. So for the aroma on this, it, it's definitely American hops. I'm getting pininess. I'm getting this resiny aroma. There's a bunch of citrus coming through it. It's definitely a complex blend of hops. It's not a single note train on this puppy. Now on the front I've seen puppy a lot tonight. You say puppy a lot in general. On the front of their website, they have what they they have hop varieties here, but I don't know how that corresponds to what they use in their beers or whether that's for uh, some of their other things. But I'll list these hop varieties and we'll see if we can determine if any of these are in the beer or if something else is in here. But they say they use Field One Willamette, Field Two Willamette, Cascade, Super Galena. I think I've heard of those before, mm-hmm. and Columbus. And that, is that on a general page, or is that on the page for it's this It's on their, their main page. Oh, okay. Now, those are all American hop varieties, mm-hmm. every single one of those. Uh, Super Galena is, is one of those new kind of high... That's a newer one, yeah. Yeah. But uh, well, I'm at Cascade, Columbus, those are your classic Americans. I would say Columbus definitely has to be in this one. Big punch. Of of that that resiny, not quite as piney as Chinook, but it's it's in there. So Cascade, when I think Cascade, I think grapefruit. Mm-hmm. When I think Columbus, I think more orange pith. Yeah, yeah, sure. Orange pith works. And I think that yeah, I'm getting a lot of Columbus in this. There's some citrus that backs it up too, right? You just get the like on my tongue, on the front half of my tongue. It's kind of this pithy, chalky type feel. It hangs on my tongue. And then in the back center, I get this more citrusy zing, this more grapefruity, I guess. It would probably fit best zing on the back of my tongue. So there's definitely a blend of different flavors going on in this beer. There's a lot of hops going on, that's for sure. Without it being a hop bomb, it's not a, a bitter, you know, even though it's called the bitter end, it does not lay on your tongue like an arrogant bastard, say. For a low alcohol beer, it's it's fairly bitter, and it, it yeah, I think it builds the more I drink it here. It's it's building up to a a bitter thing. It lives up to its name. It's definitely bitter, um, more bitter than I would expect with thirty IBUs, but I like it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if you're not a fan of bitter beers, it's probably not one to go near. Yeah, if you like American IPAs, you like uh, or American pale ales, is what I meant to say. Yeah, this guy's this one's a really good one. I'm enjoying this. Okay, so while we're on the uh, the hop train, let's step it up a little bit. And this one is Cain and Abel, a hopped up red rye ale. Brewed with rye and Thai palm sugar. Seven percent ABV. Seventeen degrees Plato. Six sixty-eight IBUs. Seven percent alcohol. So this was the expensive bottle of Two Brothers that I brought back. I mean, that we're drinking in Ohio right now. And it was two ninety nine for the bottle. This is, uh, they use a new hop variety called Summit. It's 18% alpha hop. That's just pretty high alpha. And they heavily dry hop the beer with Simcoe. I don't think we talked about what the bitter end looked like, did we? I think we skipped that part. And we went right on to the aroma. This one is dark brown. It is cloudy. You can't really see through it. 
Looks like soda. Cola. It's got sort of, yeah, sort of a brown highlights to it. and str- It's pretty, actually, I can't see through it just a little bit. It is very clear. But it's so hard to see. Th- it's so dark, you really can't see through it. Does that aroma remind you of Dreadnought at all? Not that I can remember, but no, okay. the taste. You can really taste that sugar. Um. Mm. I'm sorry. Maybe not Dreadnought, but... The aroma. I mean, let me try this one more time before I say it and screw up again. And I think maybe because you said sugar, it, it really clicked in where I said. But the Lagunitas brown sugar, okay, has a smell. You know, probably very much from the same kind of sugar or additives, and it's a very hoppy beer too. It has a lot of the same aromas to that. Flavor's a lot different than I expected. It is really dark flavor-wise. It has a molassesy. Um, tannicness to it. it, it kind of just like it, it's like jab, like hooks in my tongue. There's like, like like little hooks on my tongue. It feels like it's pulling on my tongue. It tastes to me sweet up front, pretty sweet, and, but not cloyingly so. And it has um, a big a big dash of rye that really. Mm-hmm. Uh, really kind of tries to cut through that sugar as much as possible. It does a good job of it and it leaves you with a, a really pretty pleasant taste, I think, uh, on on the tongue of this mixture between the sugarness, the sugariness and the hoppiness. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not anywhere close to pleasant as an adjective I want to use. It, it's a bracing beer for me. Uh, I'm getting that, that rye punch. And then I'm getting this bowling ball of grapefruit that runs in behind it. And it's it's just this tart. And the sugar doesn't help at all with, with the... At the very front, I'm getting a little bit of sugar. But it, it's like raw cane sugar type sugar where it has a lot darker flavor to it like a molasses does. I know. See, to me, the, the sugar is really helping to, to bind it all together. I think it's really important in the beer. I think that without the sugar, it would be it would be overwhelming. But with the sugar, mm-hmm. the sugar kind of binds all together. It sort of um, almost has a flavor somewhat reminiscent of vanilla, where it's it, it's doing its job to to bring those distinct and and you know sharp flavors of, of the the rye and the hops, and the strong alpha acids in the hops, and and meld them down together. Mm-hmm. That's the way I'm tasting it. So you like this a lot? Huh? I like this beer. I mean, I don't dislike the beer. It, it, it's a, it's a uh, complex beer for me to drink because it, it is, it's not an easy drinker. I will say that for sure. It's just not one that g- cleans off your palate. This one is digging in. It, it's, it's trying to gain a beachhead on my tongue and, and doesn't want to be repelled. If you, if you are trying to figure out what this tastes like from beers you may have had, I would say mix like two beers that I mentioned already, take a Three Floyds Dreadnought, mix it with like a Lagunitas brown sugar, and you're getting a, somewhere in the middle, you get this beer. Okay. I'm going to go another angle okay. on you. Alright. Take some rye bread, dip it in orange and grapefruit juice, and sprinkle on confectioner sugar. 
I mean, short from the sugar, take take what you said, but replace it with like some some blackstrap molasses, or maybe you're reducing the blackstrap molasses, making it even darker, where it's almost like a pasty syrup. Okay, and then dip it out in vodka, because <laughs> you need the alcohol there too, seven percent. Let me remind you. So I think that's a shorter way to get this. If you can't find the beer. Right. You can find yourself some access to a grapefruit and orange vodka. I'm, not, I'm guessing that our imaginations will Molasses. really come to fruition if we <laughs> tried that. Red. I think it's worth a shot. I think it's an interesting idea, you know, if that's all you had on you. All right, so that's Cain and Ebel. Ebel? That's not Abel? It's not Abel, it's Ebel. Oh, okay. Abel is A-B-E-L. Is it, I guess you're right. Finally, we have the North Wind Imperial Stout. Well, keep in mind their last name is Ebel. Ah. So it's a pun. Jim and Jason Ebel. It's available November through February. 8.5% alcohol by volume and 45 IBUs. 21.2 degrees Plato. The The aroma, it smells... Roasty, molassesy. It smells peaty. Uh, there's a bit of Isla Scotch aroma coming out of there, and uh, it smells pretty good. Licorice. Mm-hmm. I was just gonna say there's some anan- some anise in there too. Yeah, lots of licorice on on the on the nose and the aroma, and um... of course it's black, very black, 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 tan head. Almost gone. Greg's testing the, uh, sees if he'd ding it off the microphone. See if it had reverberation qualities to it. I was going to say, just like Harry Reid might say, it's black, but without a Negro dialect. But I don't know how many people are going to get that joke. <laughs> and it sounds a little racist. <laughs> the people, I, I apologize, people who don't get that joke, the people who do get that joke will, will understand it. Smoky flavor. Um, not not really a peat smoked malt type flavor, but more of a smoky fire. Um, maybe hickory smoke type flavor on it. Kind of tannic. Greg's savoring the aroma. No, I'm not really oh. savoring. I'm just trying to f- figure it out. Um, I'm having an off day today. I'm having trouble picking up things. And I'm getting mostly licorice. You talking about you keep talking about peatiness and and smokiness, and I'm just not getting any of that. We are having diff- sweetness and, and 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 sugariness. We're having fairly different opinions today, aren't we? Almost smells like Smarties. Take a sip. I am so past the aroma. I'm ready to talk about flavor. A sort of oaky, bourbony kind of flavor to it. Uh, deep, dark caramel uh, with a trace of of raisiny astringency at the top. Mm-hmm. When you say deep, dark caramel, I'm picturing like 
unbelievably like doesn't exist type dark caramel. I'm, I mean, I'm just trying to clarify because it's not really. I'm not coming across as caramelly. I mean, did you mean like it's just like a chunk of caramel, or is I didn't it mean like way, way, no, no, way no, no, darker no. than caramel. Well, could I be? said deep dark caramel. I didn't say well, sure, but I mean, it's, sweet it's, milk caramel you can uh, get at the store, and then you can steal out a little bin. No, right. it's it's a it's deeper. It's evil. It's, it's, it's an got, evil caramel. <laughs> It's got a definite caramel flavor to it, but it, it's got so much roast uh, compounded inside mm-hmm. of it that it, it's very close to burnt. It's like caramel that came very close but didn't quite get burnt. They say on here the mild presence of alcohol. That, to me, is not a mild alcohol. I can get a lot of burning in the back of my mouth. Uh, at 8%, you, know, you can notice the 8%. This is not one that hides its alcohol very mm-hmm. well. Yeah, it, it's it's fairly prominent. Um and it's not the biggest imperial stout that we'll see, but doesn't but hide it well. No, it's definitely says you know, hey, beware, Darby dragons. <laughs> the north wind be blowing the dragons towards thee. It's, it's. I'm gonna stick with my smoky descriptions. I mean, it's it's not like drinking a smoked beer, even though first couple sips it was. Um, it's not like drinking like an Isle Scotch, like a Lagavulin or anything. But it is a significant um, character to me. Uh, and the licorice that Greg mentioned a couple times, that's definitely making a play. The It's much the, more caramel than, more, than molasses, right? I mean, you know, whereas molasses, you get yeah. sort of a... a, a I know we, we, I've said deep so many times, it's hard to, to say what the difference is between caramel and, and, and molasses, but mol- caramel has a, a bit of a, of a sweeter, almost milkier character to it. Creamier, milkier character, where molasses would be thinner and... It'd be the... Yeah, milkier would, say, milkier would explain it well, where I would say molasses would be a lot thinner. It would be... It had more of a, a bite to it, a more zing to it, right? Where the creaminess mellows out that bite. It's funny that in this beer, I don't really get anything that's telling me roasty, right? Because I'm getting other things that, that blend into it. I'm getting the, the, the caramel, the, the molasses, nice the, the licorice. I mean, vanilla is, is kind of... An all-around flavor that goes through everything. So, mm-hmm. you know, you would be, you would be surprised how many things vanilla is in. Right, it would shock you how much vanilla is added to different things. But I could definitely taste it in here. And um, well, vanillas are very pungent chemicals, so mm-hmm. it makes sense, and it ties a lot together. So, yeah, I think this this works really well. It's it's. A little bourbony, which isn't quite my style. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite into that for for all imperial styles. I think that sometimes they're better if they go more more of a chocolatey route than a bourbony route. Right. But I don't think it's actually you know is aged or anything. It just it's just the character that yeah. comes out of the beer. Yeah, I mean, for my recent and nubile whiskey ex- exploration that I've done, I'd say it, that it maybe that's why I've been saying scotchy, right? Maybe maybe I just think it's a little more. Um, I mean, what is what's the difference between bourbon and and scotch? They use all barley, and they they it's a smokier grain, and uh, but definitely there's a whiskey. I'll agree with you 100 percent that there's a whiskey character to this. 
I w- you know, we might argue on the, the details of bourbon versus scotch. You know, uh, the bourbons that I've had recently, it, it doesn't quite remind me of that. It reminds me more of a scotch, but okay, whiskey, it's, it's a minor thing. Whiskey will sure. do fine for me. Yeah. Trying to just, I think it's a little more specific, that's all. Sounds great. You want to do some ranking? I think that's our job. It's more of a hobby, but, you know, we can still do it. They were all very good beers. They were all very the, good. Uh, there was like no no defects in the bunch. No, there there aren't. Even the ones that have slightly things that are a little bit, um, we may not, one of us or the other of us may not have liked the specific flavor that was going on, mm-hmm. but we didn't dislike it. Uh, we didn't think it was off. They're all well-made beers that uh, served, stood up well, so they'll probably travel well. We're doing this in Pennsylvania. We didn't act. We're not actually in Ohio. Our, our lawyers have told us to say that this is actually in Ohio, and Greg doesn't know what he's talking about. He was I, I, taken against his will and didn't realize he crossed the state lines. You place Conan O'Brien. You got to take take out all the stops. Yes, yeah, that's, that's what I'm doing. We have a van. We have the studio set up, and we can drive <laughs> city to city. That'd be awesome. So what do we got? What's your what's your ranking there, Jeff? Oh, my ranking's tough because I I mean they were all very good beers. Let's see. So the one I'm gonna have to do like top down, right? Because I'm just gonna pick the one that really hit me the best. I think I'm gonna put the bitter end first. Big big hop flavor. Um, Interesting, because you were very much against it when you first saw it. I wasn't against it. Yes, I just you thought were. it was very bitter. No, you th- you said the bitter end is taken by East End. How dare they? I n- never your, your, said that. Your exact words were, I'm going to sue the pants off of them. Shh. And shh. <laughs> Don't tell people I said that. <laughs> no, the... Uh, tonight, you know, these beers are different styles. It's a, it's a brewery spotlight, so it's hard to rank. Um, they were all good. I just think I liked the citrusy and the uh, resiny hop flavor in the bitter end first. Number two, I'm going to put the uh, the French style uh, farmhouse ale. Uh, I like that 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 guy that was a bunch of toasty malt with some some mild hops in there and uh-huh. a bit of rosy f- floweriness that we talked about. Number three. The North Wind and the Cane Able, they were both complex. They were not easy drinkers. Uh, I'm gonna put the I'm gonna put the Cane and Able slightly in front of the North Wind. Okay. Um, just because I just they were to me they were both very complex. Where one was very smoky and multi, the other one was. You know what? Can I retract my order? You can. Okay, I'm gonna put the North Wind first because I just recalled how. Bracing and um, pungent. Very interesting. The Cannon Able was. Yeah, okay. So, very close still, but I'm going to put the North Wind 3 and the Cannon Able for fourth. That's your final answer? That is. Lock in those lyrics. All right. Uh, I'm going to uh, call a friend <laughs> and get help from the audience. No. My number one would be Cannon Able. Jeff didn't like it nearly as much as I did. I thought it was really well done. I really liked the way that the sugar played with the other ingredients, metaled them out. Cane and Ebel. Look for that. I think it's really good. My second would be the farmhouse. The the main dupage. Um it had a it had a lot of what what I wanted out of a farmhouse. 
maybe not quite you know sour tones which i love i love whenever i get sour tones but didn't need it had a lot of good character to it and just enough just barely enough of that of that uh mustiness mm-hmm. to to give it just a you know a slight bit of character i'm gonna go with uh i guess the bitter end next uh, i thought it was a fairly enjoyable pale ale if 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 a little bitter but that's fine and then Northwind, sort of a hard luck loser because it's very good. But I thought it needed to hide its alcohol a little bit better. And I'm not a huge fan of the bourbon. Yeah, I mean it was definitely different. whiskey. It was definitely different and, from most imperial stouts, right? Yeah. Where the roast was very shallow compared to other flavors. So it was definitely a different experience in drinking an imperial stout. That's why I had some hard time figuring out how much I actually liked it compared to the other beers because it was kind of a new experience. All right, that's all for this episode of your favorite beer podcast. We're hoping. Let's hope. And Catch us every night at NBC at after Leno. 12.05. <laughs> In the year 3000. Budweiser and Coors joined together to make a one-calorie beer that is basically water with a barley corn inside of it <laughs> in the year 3000 i can be a writer on the conan show we'll see you guys next time thank you for listening to craft beer radio if you have questions or comments you can email us at beer at craftbeerradio.com craft beer radio is released under the creative commons license Visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. The opening and closing music is Last Hurrah, the band The Lights Out. You can listen to more of their music at their website, thelightsout.com. Some people get a longer fuse. Some people's shoulders are big enough for the abuse. But they never say what you can't hear.